Hi there. I'm James. I'm the pastor of the Glenwood Moravian Community Church here in Madison, and you have found The Essentials. It's a podcast to explore our faith a little bit further, to ask questions, to celebrate good news, and just journey together through this life. For this episode, I have for you our lesson and message from Sunday, December 10th. It's the second Sunday of Advent. The first reading came from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, and it was verses 1 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak compassionately to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her compulsory service has ended, that her penalty has been paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice is crying out, Clear the Lord's way in the desert. Make a level highway in the wilderness for our God. Every valley will be raised up, and every mountain and hill will be flattened. Uneven ground will become level, and rough terrain a valley plain. The Lord's glory will appear, and all humanity will see it together. The Lord's mouth has commanded it. A voice was saying, Call out. And another said, What should I call out? All flesh is grass. All its loyalty is like flowers of the field. The grass dries up and the flower withers when the Lord's breath blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass dries up, the flower withers. But our God's word will exist forever. Go up on a high mountain, messenger Zion. Raise your voice and shout, messenger Jerusalem. Raise it, don't be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Here is the Lord God coming with strength, with a triumphant arm, bringing his reward with him and his payment before him. Like a shepherd, God will tend the flock. He will gather lambs in his arms and lift them onto his lap. He will gently guide the nursing ewes. And our gospel lesson, beginning of the gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's Son, happened just as it was written about in the prophecy of Isaiah. Look, I'm sending my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. John the Baptist was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone, everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced, one stronger than I am is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Here ends the reading of our word. Now to start, I have to say just how much I love how John the Baptist is described as he's the one who leads us to Jesus in the beginning of Mark's gospel. He's this key figure. He's bringing ancient prophecies to life for their community. 
And if we're completely honest, he sounds a little unhinged. He's this voice coming from the wilderness, a man wearing camel hair clothes. He's eating locusts and wild honey. He kind of gives me Tom Hanks from Castaway vibes, like he's stranded on a desert island. And it's amazing that he's attracted such a following that crowds are listening to him, believing in him. Because if I saw a man on the street who looked the way John the Baptist is described, I don't know how seriously I would take what he has to say. But besides his appearance, I personally struggle with the thought of John the Baptist bringing good news of comfort from the wilderness. Now, I'm not the most outdoorsy person, and to me, comfort and wilderness typically don't go together. I can think of wilderness much like it's used in scripture, that it's a place of chaos and trouble, a place you're desperate to leave behind, either physically or spiritually. And that's how I have felt during my extended stays in the great outdoors as my survival skills were put even remotely to the test. Like when Allie and I went camping near Mount Rainier when she was on a break during PA school. We were renting supplies from people who actually camped, and the two of us were very much figuring things out as we went along. I remember trying to set up the tent, and we got the tent up okay, but then we found we didn't have anything to nail the stakes down with. So I grabbed a can of baked beans, the closest thing nearby, and the only thing I knew I could cook over a fire if I managed to start a fire, then I began hammering away. And I was impressed with my quick thinking, but then got a little nervous on the last steak, as the can of beans was almost totally destroyed in my hands. And it was right after I finished that process that, of course, I noticed about a dozen baseball-sized rocks scattered around the campsite that would have been a much more efficient tool for that task. Or just this past September, we went camping with some friends in northern Minnesota, and it was there that we discovered what a cart-in site is. When you park your car, you pile your belongings into this wheelbarrow sort of thing, then you hike about a mile to your overnight spot. We set up the tent in the pitch dark. We just barely beat the rain as it started to fall. And then we were serenaded all night by coyotes that we really hoped were not as close as they sounded. And when the relentless rain continued into the next day, our friend suggested that we could stay at a family cabin a couple of hours away. And I was the first to affirm that that was a fantastic idea. So good news, words of comfort and peace coming from the wilderness could be hard for me to immediately accept. I imagine that's how this crowd might have heard John's message, at least initially. Because he's speaking about prophecies of long ago, he's claiming these promises are finally going to be realized through this man 
who's far greater than he is. And he shares this very important message from the wilderness. There's trouble. There is chaos. There's a man eating locusts who's saying that ancient hope proclaimed in scripture has finally arrived. I think, really, John? You're the one God has sent to fulfill this prophecy from Isaiah? You, you are who God has selected to prepare us for the Messiah, and this is how you're going to do it. It seems too good to be true, and I don't know if I'm ready to believe that Scripture is coming true here and now and through you. And also, why are you still in the wilderness? Because I think good news should take us away from wandering. Good news should bring us out from the disorder, out from the darkness, into a place that is full of the hope and the love that we are being promised. But John stays in the wilderness to proclaim this message. He stays there to say that Jesus is coming here. Where there's darkness, where there is chaos and destruction, Jesus will join us in that space. And through the unexpected nature of his birth, and then to the absolute depth of humanity he experiences in his life, Jesus, the Son of God, is coming to be here with us. He will be with us in the wilderness. And through his life, we'll see that no amount of brokenness or turmoil will separate us from him. So John chooses to remain in that place of fear. To say that God is bigger than what we are afraid of. Bigger than what we don't know. And to say that Christ will make something good out of the wilderness in our lives. That was true for the physical wilderness that I was eager to escape. Something good was there. As those trips now hold some of my favorite memories with my favorite people. And what felt chaotic and uncomfortable in the moment was truly full of love and great joy. But I also hear John's call for immediate good news immediate peace. When I have faced that sense of longing and isolation spiritually. Back in my first year of seminary, when I was struggling a bit, being so far away from home, starting to question this new path that I was on, I still couldn't find the words or the courage to tell my family that doubts were creeping in that I made this big move and now I was wondering if it was really the right call. And without saying a word to them, one spring day, my parents called and said they were driving out the next morning so that we could take a walk and talk. I was still in the wilderness. I was still in a place of searching, even struggling at times. But then there was comfort, and I knew that I wasn't alone. 
or when I was wrestling with the thought of leaving my first church to start somewhere new. And then I was filled with anxiety as I prepared to tell a congregation I loved dearly that I was going to be moving on. And when I was so conflicted with how to go about that, I was afraid. And it felt like wandering in the unknown of the wilderness. I meant to hear wisdom from a friend to say that I was allowed to embrace the thought that my previous church might need someone else right now. Maybe God might just truly need you, James, in Madison. And that path of saying goodbye still wasn't smooth or easy, but I could embrace that God was doing something new. And I could sense that comfort in a time of wilderness by leaning into God's presence in that scary space. So John the Baptist speaks to us today from those places in our lives that are unsettled, uncertain, and downright terrifying. And he remains in those places to share that this promised comfort that's finally coming true in Jesus it's coming true because Jesus will find us even in the wilderness. And we'll see in so many ways Jesus coming to us and to our human experience. Through his humanity, we see him question the path he's on. He doubts if God has abandoned him or not. He is tempted. He knows frustration so well. And in the season of Advent, as we anticipate his birth, we're reminded of just how fully Jesus joins us. He's introduced today from the chaos, and then he will be born on a cold and less than ideal night. But of course, we don't remember it that way. We sing about it as a holy night. It's divine because he is there. And we know that his presence with us changes everything. He takes those challenges we face, and through him they become something sacred. Not because he erases them, not because he lets us avoid them, but because he brings love and hope to them, joining us in whatever wilderness we might be navigating through. So for those things in your life, bringing you trouble, pain, or uncertainty, Christ isn't the solution that's waiting on the other side that you need to go and find. Christ is coming to you to walk with you. Not on some date in the future, here and now. Seek his presence in that wilderness. Embrace that there's nowhere his love cannot be found. And know that the path you are on right now 
is already full of divine worth. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to another episode. I hope your Advent season is going well with all of the busyness and preparations to be made. I hope you are finding time to relax and seek peace in your life. You can learn more about the church that I serve, the Glenwood Moravian Community Church. You can find our website. You can worship with us on YouTube or keep up with current events on Facebook. Or you can learn more about the Moravian Church by going to moravian.org. Take care, be well, I'll catch you next time.